Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Shuttlepod at the Disco. This is the Shuttlepod at the Disco Season 2, Episode 13, in which we will talk about the Season 2, Episode 13 of Star Trek Discovery, uh, which is Part 1 of a Part 2 finale, Such Sweet Sorrow. I'm your host, Kayla Iacovino, and I am joined by Brian Drew. Hello, everybody. And Matt Wright. Hey, guys. So today, as I said, we're going to be talking about Such Sweet Sorrow, which was an episode written by Michelle Paradise and Jenny Lumet and Alex Kurtzman. And it was directed by our good friend, Olatunde Osun Sanmi. We've seen his name a few times, huh? Oh, indeed we have. He's a producer, director. Yep. So, um, as we uh, have taken to doing, we before diving in and talking about the show, let's give our listeners and ourselves a little recap of what happened in this week's episode, uh, which was, again, part one of a part two finale for season two. Um, so, Brian, could you do the honors and read us the official episode synopsis? Certainly. <clears throat> when the USS Discovery's crucial mission does not go according to plan, Burnham realizes what must ultimately be done. The crew prepares for the battle of a lifetime as Leland's control ships get closer. <laughs> Excellent. Every time I'm... we finish reading one of those, I want to go bum 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 <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I'm so excited now. <laughs> Shit's getting real, people. Yep. All right, so let's um before getting to some more specifics, general reactions. What did we think of the episode? Let's start with you, Matt. Uh, well, I enjoyed it. It's definitely uh, building to something, so you kind of have to take it for that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just part one of two. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked seeing the Enterprise. I liked, although I was hoping they wouldn't do it, but they did, and it looked pretty good for Discovery, mm-hmm. and we could talk about that more. But yeah, overall, it's enjoyable. Um, ex- some excitement, some nice sort of quiet moments. Hmm. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I thought it was fine. It's very clearly, obviously, a setup for a much larger, more eventful part two. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, it it, um, it did exactly what it needed to do. It, it it got everybody where they needed to be on the stage, as it mm-hmm. were. Yeah. What do you think? Kay? Yeah, I agree. Um, I really liked this episode. Um, like Matt said, definitely some emotions and some thoughts regarding the Enterprise in general. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I thought it was really strong. I think I was just so pleased to see the the direction that I think they're taking all of this. So, which is again something we can sort of dissect more as we move into talking about the episode. But oh, we most definitely mm-hmm. will. But oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm can't ignore it. This is left. It has it did a good job of setting things up, like you said, Brian. We're getting people where they need to be, and I'm just I'm really excited for the last episode. So, so that's right. it. Left me there, which I think is a good feeling. Right. Cool. Yeah. Very good. So with the very beginning of the episode, they are evacuating. Because I think at the end of the last episode, right, the cliffhanger was, we're going to blow up the ship. Yep. And so, John Luke, blow up the damn ship. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) So they're going to evacuate Discovery and go to the Enterprise. So the beginning, we get this cool evacuation sequence. That was interesting. Some new technology in there we hadn't seen before. I like it. It seems entirely like reasonable that ships should be able to do that if necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me more of like, actually, it's kind of funny. What it reminds me of is it seems like something that, um, I mean, sure, it's probably always been there, you could say. But it totally reminds me of something that you might see a refit 
constitution do more than anything like i feel like there's extra hatches on the side of like the refit that could totally accommodate this kind of thing oh and definitely it, you know that sort of thing so i thought that yeah, was there cool. were a lot of extra hatches and whatnot on right. the side of the refit yeah. right so it seems you know this isn't the refit but they've sort of taken bits and pieces from all kinds of enterprise designs as we know for their version Anyway, I thought it was cool, and I liked it. Another cool little thing that I thought that was kind of amusing is, you know how in this era, the Enterprise is only supposed to have a crew complement of 203, but eventually it becomes 430 mm-hmm. by, the, by TOS? Well, it's good that there's only 203 right now because they evacuate all like 150 people from the Discovery <laughs> over. That's a good point. So it's kind of a fun, like, oh, look, it's good that they're running smaller, like leaner at the moment and and it is too nice they um they actually sort of packed the corridors when you when you yes. sort of first step onto the enterprise it looks like crowded <clears throat> yeah which is good a lot They're of times people and it's nice yeah a lot of times in in tv shows like the, you know the budget's hurting to get that many people on set at one time so you, you like often they try to play tricks to make you think there's a bigger crowd but i feel like they literally just put a ton of people in the corridors and filmed it and it looked yeah, it felt I real think they did. yeah yeah look good so like Right away off the bat, we get some some big sort of Elsa in the room out of the way, so we get to see the Enterprise, and that that happened quite mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they just went for it. Yeah, yeah, the Carters, everything like it. You know, what did you yep. What did you guys Reddish. think of it when you saw it? Uh, I liked it. I mean, it's exactly what I would expect given the sort of Discovery version mm-hmm. of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, like that's the Discovery corridor redressed as an Enterprise corridor, but it looked good, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it, it totally sells. And I liked the turbo lift. The turbo lift was very faithful, like in general, you know, like it had the fun, it had the little grips that you have to twist to give a destination. Yeah. It mm-hmm. had it had the little moray pattern that, you know, the light goes by behind it to show its emotion. Although it had a new version of it, they sort of did their own spin on it, but that's expected. And then, then of course, we get the big reveal. <laughs> the bridge. Right. The bridge. The bridge of the Enterprise. So they went ahead and did it. They which, did it. I told them not which, to do it. Which I think we all kind of expected they weren't going to have the balls to do, let's say. But they yep, did. We definitely did. Yeah. At this point, they, it yeah. became the inevitable. Like once we got to this episode, I knew they were going to do it. You know? Oh, yeah. Right. Right. As soon as we got here. Yeah. Yeah. They had yeah. To. And, and looking back, I mean, we noted at the beginning of the season in the opening credits, the the, 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 the command chair was, is in the opening credits. It is. Yeah. They yeah, weren't mm-hmm. gonna put it there if they weren't gonna show mm-hmm. it. Sure. So we probably should have known that we should. I think we were just all kind of in denial. We didn't think they would do it, but well, I think it also we kind of it doesn't. They would. It doesn't help that the production designer kind of said that she didn't actually do it. In one yeah, of, in and she, in fact, she volunteered to say that she didn't do it, didn't she? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, there you go. Usually, I mean, sure, it's misdirection number, but usually they're a little more coy about it, and then you can kind of go, hmm. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. You know, like, but so. We... No, John Harrison's not con. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I guess we got duped a little, but. Yep. So what do we think of it, gang? Well, I liked it. I mean, again, you have to, you have to, some people just can't get over the discovery aesthetic, but inside of this, you know, aesthetic, like I liked it. I thought it was quite good. In the context of the discovery aesthetic, yes, yes, I agree. yes, in the context of discovery, it's quite good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's hard because I was, um, 
I was looking for people's reactions online afterwards and so much praise was pouring out for it. I was actually quite surprised. I thought there were going to be a lot more curmudgeonly people being like, oh, why did they do this? But honestly, yeah. like a lot of what I saw in my like Twitter timeline and things like that were people that were really positive about it. Some like overwhelmingly positive, which, you know, like I burst into tears yeah. as soon as yeah. I went. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, I'm, maybe, not, I'm yeah. not like if you did that, that's fine. I don't mean to put anyone down for that. But it's just like a lot of people were like going like a little crazy with it and mm. it's hard for me because i didn't come close to that emotional response when i saw it um i guess yeah. partly because i yeah. knew it was coming and and partly because i don't i i like the specific um touches embellishments that they put in there like the orange like railings and the chairs and all those things that were right but overall the um the feeling of the play the ambiance of the bridge felt like the discovery bridge to me rather than like the TOS enterprise bridge. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah, no, the shiny black, floor the shiny floors. Is, oh my why goodness. Why are they so, yeah. everything's so shiny. I can hardly see anything in there. Like when they show the wide shot of the whole, yeah. the whole thing. Well, they, this, this season they've been loving to do that everywhere. Like that, like there's that shot of the mess hall a while ago with Culver and Stamets. And it's just like, all you can see is shiny floor and them. Yeah. I don't know. know, They they like that for some reason. It's not my personal choice for aesthetic and it's so dark in there and it's just like, turn up the lights, you know, don't, don't buff the floor. I I was actually really a lot happier. Yeah. I was actually pleased at how much light, there was in there actually compared to the discovery bridge. Yeah. But of course, as soon as they went to like red alert, it got like super dark again. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Sure, it's like the battle resi- bridge. Can't resist it. Yeah, exactly. It's like the battle bridge. They can't resist it, but oh well. Yeah. I appreciated it. The spirit of what they were trying to do. Me with too. It. I like, I felt like there's like a sliding scale of, you know, cause you, cause you're saying, oh, within the discovery aesthetic, it's nice what they did. And I agree, but there's like, you know, a sliding scale of a hundred percent discovery and a hundred percent TOS. And they wanted to find somewhere in the middle and I yeah. and I, I feel like they went like 60-40 or 70-30 in favor of the mm-hmm. disco aesthetic. And I would have just tapped that slider a little bit to the left. Do you know what I mean? Got a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more TOS. Yeah. But yeah. again, that's yeah. that's a personal opinion. I'm not trying to say that they did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem, though, is like, and they try to do this a few times, like the, the handle grips and the turbo lift. And like, they do have the blinking lights and I, which I assume is the the Enterprise's memory core mm-hmm. blinking. Um, so I appreciate that they try to do that, but it kind of highlights the absurdity of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Because the Discovery is so ridiculously modern looking. Yeah. And then they try to roll it back a little bit to make it kind of feel like the TOS 1960s Enterprise. And I appreciate what they're trying to do, but it shows how hard their job yeah. is. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh-huh. Because yeah. like there's like an inconsistency in the production design in that sense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate, I do appreciate they, what they were trying to do. And they, it, let me put it this way. It, it definitely feels more like the bridge of the starship enterprise than in the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. And I like the Kelvin, I like the Kelvin bridge actually, but like this, they definitely felt more like the bridge of the starship enterprise. I agree. And, yeah. and, and I want to give them a little bit of kudos because you have to remember the cage era bridge looks considerably different than the one that ran during the series that yeah, had during the way series. more toned down simplified it was toned mm-hmm. out it yeah. was more blue it mm-hmm. was more blue and there's a nice there are blue accents on this bridge 
this new bridge. It's particularly back toward near the turbo lift, there's like a definite bluish tinge to things. Hmm. Which is appropriate for that particular era on the Enterprise. So I thought that was a nice... It's, it's not overt. It's not a big thing. They don't call a lot of attention to it, but it's there. Nice. So I thought that was a nice, I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, well noticed. Yeah. So I find it interesting. Now, we, we can get into the, the, the larger 30,000-foot view of, of the season later, but I think it's interesting that like they built this bridge. See, now it's possible to kind of put a modern aesthetic together with mm-hmm. the 60s vibe. If they had done something more like this... From the beginning? With... From the beginning, yeah. I'm not saying it would have fixed all the show's issues because it wouldn't. Discovery has other issues besides, you know, that thing. But it would have, I think, made a lot more people comf- more comfortable if they had tried a little harder to fit into the era they were trying to depict. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like this, to me, this they did a nice job with this. They could totally do it. They, this this is a nicer blend of well, the TOS and 1960s a, era and a more modern And, of course, context. we have to point out that who's doing this now versus who did the discovery. Well, who did the right. discovery no, of course. Yeah. Was, was Fuller and the first production right. designer exactly. working under him. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. And and now yeah. Tamara Deverell is the current production designer came in later and mm-hmm. it's under, you know, it's like, yeah, the, we have, it, it's just such a mishmash of like different ideas. Yeah. Of, you yeah. Know, it's crazy. Which is what I was tr- trying to say earlier. It just kind of, it's appreciated what they did. This is yeah. not a criticism, of yeah. it, but right. it doesn't really mesh together because they're, it's really two competing yeah. sensibilities right. right yeah yeah so there yeah. was fuller who was like whatever i just want to look sleek i don't care you know about sort of past aesthetics like really and then there's you know everyone else yeah. basically yeah this whole season has been largely an attempt to defullerize star trek discovery yeah it really feels like that <laughs> completely Seems like it yeah. Yeah. yeah but we can we can visit that part later when we talk about next week and what we think is going to happen yes because that is germane to that discussion for sure Yes. Indeed. Yes. So the nuts and bolts of this, though. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have anything more to say about the Enterprise Bridge, or do we? I mean, we could probably talk about it for hours, but we could. (laughs) And maybe we can. And maybe once the season's over, and we we can maybe maybe we can delve into something like that a little bit more. You know. Sometimes I sort of laugh to myself, and I think if we ever decide to go the route of having like a Patreon page or something. like, are people actually going to want our, like, bonus content? Because it's going to be like, listen to us talk about the Enterprise Bridge for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> like a bonus, backers only, special. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you ever wanted to know about the Enterprise Bridge, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Totally. Leave a comment right. below if you want to hear us talk about the Enterprise Bridge for four hours. <laughs> Oh my God! Four hours. <laughs> a station by station analysis of the Enterprise <laughs> right. Bridge. Oh man. Oh. Anyway, we digress. Anyway. <laughs> so we see the Enterprise. That happens. That's right. great. Pike has this nice little "It's good to be home" moment. Mm-hmm. That's all lovely. Um, it is. Yes. And then, of, and then, of course, I, I'm kind of. Maybe this is a, a hindsight, but I'm kind of surprised they didn't think of this before. Um, of course, they, they discover that the sphere data, which has not allowed itself to be destroyed up until this point, also won't let allow them destroy it in this new way yeah. that they've thought of. 
Which is like, no shit. Of course they should have seen that coming. Yeah. But, of course. Like, like before no. they evacuated the whole ship. Yeah. But yeah. it's whatever. It's fine. And now also means the discovery has become sentient. I know. Yeah, I thought about that. It's kind of like super creepy. Which kind of ties into the Calypso episode when there's clearly an artificial intelligence controlling the discovery. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I assume that's simply a more evolved version of the sphere datas. I, I think that's where they're heading. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, and we know that the the um, the short treks are like have all almost all tied in now directly. Yeah. The, the only mm-hmm. one that hasn't is the Harry Mud one. Everything else is at a tie right. in somehow now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was not expecting to, to bring her. But we, we'll get to that. But I was not expecting. No, to bring I didn't her expect in. that either. Yeah. No. So of course they figure out, and the, the way they figure it out is they're about to they're about to give the fan to to you know destroy it. And Burnham has this vision, thanks to the time crystal, where you know I guess if you get if you get too near the time crystal or you interact with it somehow, you start having visions of the future. Yeah. And yeah, if you mm-hmm. touch it. Yeah, you... and so she sees if they take this course of action, that you know, Discovery won't let them blow it up. And then, yep. um, uh, you know, the Section 31 ships will come, and Leland's there, and everyone's going to die, and she's going to die, and everything's going to be terrible. So she's like, wait a minute, we shouldn't do this. We should do something not this, because if we do this, it'll be bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess, is this the point where they decide, because this happens really early on, where they decide they're going to, like, make, they're going to say, okay. Yes. Yeah. We're, That's what they do. We need to. She says no. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, she says no, and then they go to a classic briefing room scene on, on the Enterprise mm-hmm. version of a briefing room, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Another fun thing, they had the little, like, uh, tri-angled, like, viewer in the center of the briefing room table and fun little TOS sort of bits there um yeah that's when they go okay you can just whip up another red angel suit this bothers me like me too okay we can just whip this up like really okay i thought it was like super unique tech but cool yeah have they justified like burnham said she's watched a bunch of the videos and knows how to do it is that how they they justify how how she's gonna pilot she can operate it yeah stamet says they have that's what stamet says they have the full specs from section 31 from like earlier because like giorgio brought them like four episodes ago basically like disclosed it right and they're like oh yeah but it's made out of this like fancy meta material oh but we can totally do that from like you know melting down a bulkhead tritanium well yeah but it's and it's not just tritanium right it was it's a it's a tritanium um derived substance that you know i can't remember the word it's like super rare right right yeah and so i'm like oh okay they can just totally sure yeah, sure. I mean, we, like alchemy, you know, like. So yeah, they decide that that she's instead they're going to make a new red angel suit, and instead of blowing up the inter, the discovery, it, she's going to like lead it. Yeah, she'll pull it through the wormhole into the future because like, they need into the, the future. And and also the discovery is not going to stop her from doing that, or maybe it'll try. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I agree with you, Matt. When they said, "Oh, we're just gonna make a new Red Angel suit," we have the specs. Is not we can make it in an hour. Like that's the thing, right? Like I could like, give you the specs to like a Camaro, for, you know, nineteen sixties Camaro, which right. is a really low tech thing, and you can't make that mm-hmm. in an hour or in an afternoon. <laughs> I don't care no. if you can like instantly um, make. I have a three D printer. Even. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, you can't. Like no, you can't do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so. like, I can't, can't build a bottle, a ship in a bottle in an hour. Like, come on. So, yeah, there you go. They just, we just have to smile and nod. Okay, they're going to whip up another Red Angel suit. That was what... Which, by the way... Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, that was one of the biggest problems I had with this episode, to be honest. Because, like, the whole story of what they're trying to do doesn't work without it. Right. And mm-hmm. yet, like, so they have to have it. I still think they maybe could have come up with something a slight, slightly more kludgy instead of like, oh, let's make one real quick. Because, again, they keep setting the precedent of we can time travel whenever we want. Because now, yes, yes, they do. Now, time crystals exist and we know how to get them. Now, we can make the suit. That's fine. We know how we have someone who can pilot the suit. So, you know, the more times they do this with just like we can get this time crystal, we can make the suit like they're they're not making the suit a rare thing that can't be re- replicated because at least when right. it, when it had existed that Burnham's mom had and dad had made it like it's like okay maybe they can't replicate it because it was so, such a unique design and blah 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 but now that's out the window yeah, anyone can make we'll a red angel up. suit I guess yeah in an hour right so I don't know that bothers me but whatever I don't know what else they're gonna do because they need a way to get everyone <laughs> everyone and everything into the future so yeah but then we'll see how they resolve all of that. Right. Yes, that's true. And so, of course, making this suit is, is apparently the easy part. I mean, in theory, is the easy part because, of course, like they still need to figure out what to do with the time crystal itself that they need, right? So it's like, okay, maybe the suit's easy to make, but harnessing this time crystal is not, right? I guess, but they still figure out a way to do it. So, <laughs> well, they sure do. I mean, like, boy, it, it it gets into some weird science BS, doesn't it? With that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kella. When I was watching this episode, all I could think about was you and your head probably exploding multiple <laughs> <Yeah>. times. Because <laughs> the science, even for Star Trek, the it's science in this bad. episode yeah. is some serious bullshit. Yeah, it's yeah. it's super. As we say in the biz, I mean, Star Trek is full of pseudoscience, but man, oh man. Yeah. So, so of course, like what we know from Burnham's parents is they needed the energy of a supernova to like channel this stuff or whatever. And so, how do they do that? Well, you know. Short of Giorgio's very obviously Terran suggestion of like nuking a star. That was actually pretty funny when she's like, I thought there were no bad ideas. Oh, there are no like, bad ideas. They're like, no, that, that's a bad <laughs> one. No, that, that's, that's a terrible Yeah, idea. that's a bad one. Oh, yeah, no, that was a good chuckle. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. Um, but again, boy, she's not being very subtle there, is she? Like, about who she really is. Subtlety like, is not her God. middle name. No. No. So. And then, yeah, gee, that fifth signal leads them right where they need to be to do some weird science with Poe. It's huh? so great. Like this actually does sort of work for me because it fits within the story, but it is also kind of hilarious that they're like, um, they're basically saying, well, all we have to do now is wait for the next signal to appear. Cause it's clearly, it seems that like Michael, you're, you're the one who's making these, you're red, the one who's leading red us. Signals. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. so all we need to do is wait for the next one. Oh, it just came and in. Giorgio's, great. Yeah. And Giorgio's like, why would we wait? This is bullshit. And then the next one shows up any, and it, when it works, it's like, Oh, yeah, okay. there it is. <laughs> there it is. So it's over Zahia, which is where Poe from the Short Treks Runaway was from. Does anyone remember yep. her full name off the top of their head? No, it's insanely long. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah. Why do you? No. <laughs> I was just going to say, are, are you, uh, how can you call yourselves real fans? You don't even know her full name. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> so on. sorry. Bad fans. So yeah, Poe is the key to the weird science. Um, Boy, yeah. Because yep, she's yep. a genius and she made this uh, thing to recrystallize dilithium, which also kind of like wish they hadn't brought that up because that was also kind of a little screwy for canon. But 
ignoring yes. that. Um, the the way they preserve canon is she says she won't share it with outsiders, though. Sure. Okay. That's that's their, that's their okay. little throwaway. Right. They make sure to slip that. Uh, in. I guess that works. Yeah. So she's the point is she's super smart. And yeah. so they're like, oh, well, great. She can help us figure out how to do this. And she's just like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Um, we will just take my dilithium recrystallizer and just modify it to do what you want to do instead of what it was designed to do. Which is a little crazy. It's just kind of I... like, again, if I had to go on like my 1960s Camaro metaphor, <laughs> like if I brought my Camaro to you and it'd be like, oh, man, I think the carburetor like is dead. I need a new carburetor. And you're like, ah, I know what to do. I own and operate my own toaster company, and I'll just take one of these toasters. <laughs> you just take a toaster and modify it to <laughs> to be a carburetor. Didn't you know you could totally do that? If you put dark energy into it, then it will work as a carburetor. Because right. we know that dark energy is just the catch-all, fix-all of we don't know well, what it is. Magic. That's what kills me too. That's what kills me too. Is like their catch-all this season has been the dark matter. So. What the hell is the dark energy? Like that this came out of nowhere because they don't even they don't even try to relate it back to the dark matter now. They don't even say like, oh, dark energy is what happens when you channel this this stuff through dark matter or whatever. They don't even try to say like how this makes any sense. She's just like, Oh yeah, you'll get dark dark energy out of it. And everyone's like, Yeah, yeah, you will. Like, what's <laughs> right? How, like what? everyone knows. Huh? Like that's so normal. Yeah. And then apparently, though, the dark energy can be created from the spore drive, I guess. It's sort of where they land. Like, kind of? Or like the spore kind drive of. boosts it or something? Yeah, yeah, it boosts it. I think it. so, yeah. It boosts it. Yeah, it's not really clear. I guess it boosts it, whatever. So, yeah, no spore driving, so you can't just, like, jump away in the heat of this battle that's coming. Dun, dun, dun. Which is not... I like that they gave them that that yeah. little handicap. It's good. Well, they have to. Cause they, yeah, because otherwise, like, yeah, shit, dude. They, the, the sport drive is like the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free exactly, card. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, at this, so. I mean, they even, that's one of the problems before that they make this, you know, before they actually come up with a plot reason why they couldn't, mm-hmm. they just dismiss it out of hand. They're like, oh, no, if you jump, anywhere you jump, like, control it find you. It's like, no, they wouldn't. Right, in, you can in go episode anywhere. Two, in episode two, they just jumped to, like, the far side of, like, the beta quadrant 50,000 light years away. Uh, no one without a spore drive can get to you without like <laughs> without a generational ship at this point. Like, yes, you could jump over there. Anyway, so they're just like ignoring that. Thankfully, at least this time now they have like a plot reason for that. Yeah. But they but they didn't earlier. Like that could have been the, uh, the way to fix it a lot earlier. <laughs> but whatever. So, okay, let's see if we can get this straight. I feel like they run the spore drive. They just like rev the engine and sp- what it seems spin like. it a bunch. And it creates dark energy because they put it, they like overclock the spore drive. So it's like, yeah, right. Like spewing right. out dark energy, which goes into the dilithium incubator recrystallizer, which boosts it to make more energy to yep. like turbocharge the time crystal. Yes, which will apparently now also shatter the time crystal after channeling that much energy through it, as we learn. Oh, right. So. So mm-hmm. it's a one-way trip. Of course it is. So good times. Good times. Makes the stakes even higher. Yeah. Good times. I mean, yeah, it completely changes the picture. <laughs> it, it does. certainly does. So yeah, was anyone was anyone surprised when they're like, oh, a one-way trip? No. No. Because we've seen we've seen this coming <laughs> yeah. like, for yeah. half a season probably. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been clear this has been brewing for a while. So. Yeah. 
I was pleased. And they don't want them to be able, and they don't want them to be able to jump around willy nilly, obviously. And so, yeah, is the spore drive going to be ruined as well, or no? They'll still have spore drive. Uh, it sounds like in twelve hours they'll have it back. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's ruined. Okay. At least, at least that's the way they're talking about it now. Okay. For all we know, maybe that's another you know thing that will solve itself. The problem of the spore drive will solve itself by like burning itself out permanently. In part two, who the hell knows, right? Like maybe that's how they'll handle that. Maybe, or maybe they'll keep it. Maybe. Yeah, if they or keep, they may keep it. Yeah, if they keep it, well, you know, we'll talk about. Yeah. That yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Shortly. Yes, very soon. All right. Yeah. So we we should we should power through some of this other stuff that happened. That was a lot of the big yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Of course. Uh, so this is going to be Michael is taking the taking this upon herself to, you know go and and lead the discovery and the sphere data off into the future never to return you know she's the one the only one who can um who can pilot the suit because it's encoded to her dna um etc etc and so she's going to be the one to carry this torch and save the universe and of course and you know i'm not i'm very happy i'm not saying of course because i'm disappointed but of course um Plenty of her friends say, we can't let you do this alone. We're coming too. Yep. So a bunch of the people who, for example, like we're going to want to see in season three. <laughs> like basically yep. all the co-stars. Everyone who has a contract. For yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone who has a contract, get on the discovery. And so they do this nice little moment where they like rally in the corridor, you know, it's, it's which is a very classic Trek scene where the person is like, I'm going alone. Like, you can't go by yourself. No, it's usually when they're breaking a rule, right? They're like, no, I could be court-martialed for this. I can't ask you to do this. And they're like, you don't have to ask us. We're coming anyway. Like, there's, how many exactly. times does that happen in Trek history? Exactly. If I were mm. human, my answer would be to hell with our orders. <laughs> to, to hell to with hell. our orders. Yeah, 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 exactly. If I were human. So, if I were human. Yeah. So, yeah, they, that's a classic kind of thing to do. Classic um, Trekian scene. Tis. I like it. And speaking of speaking of uh, go to hell, the man who says that later on, Mr. Spock, mm-hmm. also decides to go with them. Yes, which is interesting. And, of course, we know like that can't really yeah, work out. Yeah, I did not see yeah, that the, coming. The curse, it's the a curse fake of the, out. Oh, the curse of the prequel. Yeah. We know that that can't possibly happen. Nope. There's got to be some situation where he finds himself back on the Enterprise with Pike by the end of the yep. season. Yeah. It's just has to. Has to. Yeah. It, so. it, so it makes you wonder why I mean, he's clearly going to have to play some sort of key role in getting them, sending them off, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think so. And that's yeah. why he's going to be there, because otherwise it makes no sense to put him there since we all know he's not staying there. Right. Correct. Yeah. It was funny because it's like, you know, and it's like a Woshikun and Tilly and uh, Stamets and even Nan is there and all these people. And then like Spock is just standing over to the side, like almost smiling. Like in my head, he's just standing over there like, oh, hey, guys, can I come too? And you're just like, um, like clearly the odd one out here. <laughs> yeah. It's also really funny because it's not like he really, like, really, he wants to go be stuck however many years in the future with like his, his sister that he only sort of tolerates and like these people that he doesn't really know, but okay, whatever, you know? Yeah. His motivations were interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's see what else. Oh, and we like Stamets and Culver say their goodbyes. Yeah. That's a nice moment. Yeah. 
that was nicely done. Sad. Um, but that's an uh, that's another thing where I don't think that's gonna last either because I'm pretty sure Wilson Cruz is coming back for season three, right? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if I mean, all we know so far is Colbert says that he's gonna stay on the Enterprise. So I don't think he, he's gonna. Yeah, I don't think he came back aboard. Like when when the crew came back after evacuating, I think he stayed on the Enterprise. But I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. I, and I got the impression that Wilson was coming back for season three. Well, that's good. I hope so. But like, that's but I I, I, I could I could be completely wrong. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. I don't, I, but that's the impression we'll I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a nice moment. Their farewell was good, and it felt it felt true and felt real. Yeah, you know, it felt earned. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was we, good. You know, it didn't feel true and real. What? Sarek and Amanda showing up out of the blue. <laughs> Yeah, what was that? It's like shit's about to get like really bad, and these two. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, here, let me just slip in fifteen minutes before this shit hit the fans, and then like we'll just we'll just and then leave." Yeah, but but you know what's weird about it too is that like they're apparently cut off from like Federation from Starfleet and everything, and they know that too. They even talk about it. Well, we could never raise you. Like, yes, I know we couldn't raise you on communications, right? So it's like you don't think that's bad? Bad sign? No. Yeah, it was just so weird that they show up right before this big battle, and then they, they just skip out. Yeah, they're just like, all right, felt... battle's about to start. See ya. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get that this is probably the last time Sark and Amanda will appear on the series. Yes, that's so they want, exactly why the they farewell. Did it. Yeah, but yeah. but it's like <laughs> it made it just like it makes no sense for them to be there at all. No, yeah, they they should have had them Skype in. You know what I mean? They yeah. should have like called. And be like, well, of course, that's the whole point. They couldn't. Well, There's the long range well, communications. They, I mean, clearly, down. though, if they can't reach them by those communications, they're not going to be able to find them and get to them. So they should have been like, oh, well, with Cerex, well, um, you know, yeah, special. It's the contract connection. Yeah. Well, that's how he knew. No, I mean, but the, the, if if they they physically got there, if they, they can't call, but they can physically go, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So they, they could have said, no, oh, well, you know, Cerex diplomatic has some special diplomatic channel or something. And we were able to read. I don't know. You know, it just would make more sense for me to have them call her and say, or have him send mm-hmm. some Katra message or whatever, like beam. Because yeah. because they use that in the opening, of course, that he through his Katra connection room knows that she's in trouble. That's how he knew, right? So yeah, exactly. Like, come on. And then them being there introduces other awkwardness because Spock is aboard. Yep. This is a big. They don't. This pisses I mean, me off. They don't even bother. I mean, I, I don't even. I mean, I could see maybe Sark avoiding Spock, but I don't think Amanda goes to see him either. It's well, the, and the part, your kid is, the part, your kid is on board. Yeah, the part that's really messed up though. This is what pisses me off is they give Sark a line that says, "Oh, oh yeah. he's he's going to avoid Spock per his wishes." Um, no, 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 no. That's not what's going on here, and we know that that's not what's going on. It's yeah. it's made pretty damn clear in Journey to Babel what's going on. Yeah. Sarek doesn't like Spock's running Starfleet. He doesn't believe that peace should depend on force. He doesn't like that Spock, you know, basically turned down the appointment to this um, Vulcan expedition. Like, all this stuff. And they're essentially, like, disowned him. Okay? So, no, it's not Spock telling him, like, being emo and telling him, don't talk to me. Sarek is pissed and they don't talk to each other. Straight up. Right. That's it. There's... There's no like oh per his wishes he's not we're not speaking like what the hell people why I don't oh yeah no that's why ridiculous. did they do that it's ridiculous well I mean why? It, they got it wrong Sarek's, so wrong Sarek's heavy involvement with the Federation this entire 
show has been an issue because of that, though. Absolutely, he's he's yeah. not supposed to be heavily involved with start with the Starfleet side. Of he it hates at all. Feder- no. the Federation so much that he disowned no, his son. No, not Federation. He, he that, just likes Star- Starfleet. Starfleet. He doesn't like Starfleet because he is yeah. a Federation ambassador. Sorry, he likes Starfleet. The Federation. He hates yeah. the Starfleet yeah. so much though that he disowned his son. That's right for joining yeah. them. That's right, and yet That's he right. like it's, works yeah. with them constantly. Constantly, yeah. As aboard their ships yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah, if, if there is one thing about this show that is the most odd, it is the way they present Sarek. Yes. For all the other odd things about this show, with, you know, sport drives and whatever else you want to say that's odd about it, Sarek is so out of character all the time. Yep. Yep. It's very odd. Yeah. Yep. The only thing the only thing I liked is I liked Lethe did a good job building in some of the resentment, un- better understanding about sort of how Burnham actually made the situation worse between Spock and his father in a way because of the choices that were made. Not her directly, mm-hmm. but inadvertently. And I thought that was good. And then everything they've written for Sark since then has made no sense. Yeah, I mean, he spends a lot of time in Federation starships. He was actively involved in potentially playing to <laughs> to kill the Klingon, home, destroy the Klingon homeworld. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's it's, you know, it's, it's a like, big problem. Like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Vulcans are pacifists. Like, it, like none of it made any sense. No. And and and, and he's very he's a very emotional sorry. Yeah. Too. Once again, he was just about to like shed a tear at this in this moment. Yeah. It looked like. Yeah, he's about and as they cut away from the scene, he's about to like touch Burnham's back or rub like you know yeah, like, yeah, in a, a moment of affection. I mean. Sarek is like this regally Vulcan, yeah, guy. Yeah, to the point yeah. where he's Reser- like a very jerk. so much so, so much so. Yeah, yeah so people much think so he's an asshole, it, right? It, and yeah, so much so that it, it created all this distance between him and his son, right? Right. You know, so it's like to see him like being very emotional all the time. It's like it's it's a it's definitely a very odd thing. Never quite, I don't quite understand what they were going for there. Yeah, no. me neither. I don't think they know, honestly. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. But that's another thing that may get adjusted. So we shall see. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, I think they might be about to say bye bye to basically everything that has been established the first couple of seasons. Kind of seems like it. Yeah. So. Yeah. But before we get into that. Yes. Speaking of bye bye. Hmm. Oh, this is a happy moment. It looks moment like for our, me. our buddy, our buddy. Uh, Ash Tyler is uh, is uh, going to be going away for a while. He is leaving to join a spinoff. <laughs> Basically, yes. yeah. Uh, well, a hope a hoped for right. a spinoff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he does very mysteriously say something about when he's about to be about. He says, "Do you trust me to Pike?" And he says, "Yeah, I've got to I've got to go somewhere and leave before this all starts." Like, okay, so all right, he's going to go do something. I have a feeling Tyler is going to like do something that helps in the final. Moments, yeah, they want to give him something we'll to do. Yeah. 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 But otherwise, yeah, exactly. He's he's going to go hang out with Giorgio in a spinoff. Well, maybe, sort of, maybe. <laughs> I like Shazad Latif a lot, but they clearly hadn't. They gave him nothing to do this season. Yeah, it sucks. They gave him nothing I to agree. do. I agree. Yeah. His the, character yeah, was really so didn't. stupid and pointless this season. Yeah, this season he was, yeah. It's a shame because he's a very talented actor. Yeah, he's good. a lot. And he has good um, he has good charisma with like Sinequa when they're together. He in does, scenes. but yeah. like yeah, but like I guess just it, he's a casualty of the way Discovery was originally constructed. Basically, that's yeah. what's happening to yeah, him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so if there is a Section Thirty One series, obviously it seems very clear that he's going to be part of it, which is great. 
hopefully he'll have a much meatier role. You know, he'd probably be the co-star, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I hope so. Yeah, it makes sense. So yeah. So yeah, it's it. I, I wonder what he thought as an actor, being like, oh, "Are we just gonna stand around again this week? How boring is this?" Yeah. But he gets he gets to flip his hair, okay, dramatically a lot, okay. <laughs> he does. He does. His unwashed hair. <laughs> yeah, I know that distracts a lot. Of, his hair distracts a lot of people. It's not <laughs> I a noticed good that. Look. I see comments. I see comments on the web about his hair too. It's like, dude, take care take of that a thing. Shower. It's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I know you're Klingon and all, but Jesus. No, yeah. <laughs> Only part Klingon, so come on. <sighs> Klingon, like, Worf's hair was always groomed very exquisitely, I have to say. It was. Yeah, but I think I think we kind of figured out Worf was a little bit of a prissy Klingon, like compared to some of his some of his <laughs> and, peers. And, and he was and he was and he was also raised by two humans. Yeah. yeah. I mean he's used to like yeah, he's used to that. I mean, for yeah. God's sake, he had a bob. So He did. Poor Worf. <laughs> He should never have had a bomb. But oh, I know. At least, they, at least they fixed that later. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. So uh, after Ash says goodbye, I have to go be someone inside the gray areas of Section Thirty One. <laughs> yep. Ash out. Um, we get this montage of goodbye letters sent from again the cast of season three uh, <laughs> to their yeah. families saying. Hmm. You know, this is it. I'm probably never going to see you again. It was, it was kind of cool how they go from person to person, and they're yeah, it was nicely done. It was nice to see. Yeah, the transitions were really nice. Yeah, it was a really nice sequence, and it was nice to see Mm -hmm. um, who each person chose to write to. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it wasn't always it wasn't always a mom or a or a partner, or sometimes it was a best friend. Yep, sibling, mom, best friend parents trying to think who else yeah that's about it It that covers the range it was nice and it was a little bit of a closure for like this is this is real this is happening this is a big deal so i liked it yeah i thought it was fun absolutely and speaking of goodbyes Mm -hmm. we had a very nice moment where the crew of the discovery bids farewell to christopher pike I thought it was pretty classy, and it's for a show that doesn't often observe a lot of what I would say military protocol would be. Mm-hmm. I thought this was nicely done. I thought they, I thought they handled it in a very traditional manner. Yeah, befitting, befitting a departing leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice. And yeah. He had good words yeah. for everyone. Yeah, and maybe we, well, since we're here, maybe we should just talk about how much of an impact Anson Mount made this season. Yeah, I was going to say like this <laughs> yeah. I think this partly really works because as a member of the audience watching this happen, I'm like, I don't want you to leave. You're so great. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody wants him to leave. But he has to because that, that that's how the story right. goes. It's a prequel. But Anson yeah. Mount is incredible and I love the yeah. character of Pike and one thing yeah. I will say for season 2 of Star Trek Discovery is it's made me care about Captain Pike a lot, which is a character I used to just not really care that much about cuz you didn't know much about him. Yeah, well, he right, right, right. He was he was a cool part of Star Trek's history. Oh, that, was, that was it, a little note in the history book of oh, there was this guy, blah blah blah, the cage. Yeah, he was the captain of the Enterprise before, before Jim Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, blah, blah, now blah. it's like he's right. fleshed out and I really care about him. Yeah, no, he he 
he was I think he was the highlight of the season for a lot of people. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of clamoring going on on the internet right now about giving him his own series. I don't know if they'll do that. I could maybe a mini series. Hmm. It's hard though. Again, you're boxing know. yourself into a very specific time window within canon. Well, well, maybe that's why you do a mini series. Maybe you do four hours. Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't forget like he's got ten years until his accident at this point. Right. So. No, but yeah, but you do have to be careful too. You can't write Spock too much. Like you, there's you, you are boxed into certain I mean, degree. Like you can't do that, a that's lot. That's been one of the problems that Discovery has had these last two seasons. Right. But if they do, if, if they go on like a big mission for three or four hours, I don't see how that would be a big deal. Yeah, I no, I doable. think that's good. Yeah. I think that's doable. Look, Dave, that's, that's set. We initially thought that that Enterprise Bridge was a redress of the disco. It's not. No. As, 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 we've, not. as, as we've seen in articles on Trek Movie and elsewhere, that is a standing set. Yeah, they, they built spent, it. Yeah, they spent a ton of money to do they that. They built it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe there is some sort of plan for it. I don't know. Um doesn't seem like it though unfortunately it doesn't no but why would you build that set like that with that much detail and that much permanence to it if you weren't going to use it i totally somehow? agree yeah. when i saw that it was when i first saw it i was like i don't think this is a redress and then when i learned that it was an original set i was like wow that's surprising that's awesome but i'm surprised yeah 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 so i mean we'll see we'll see i mean i i would i would i would watch it but yeah it does it's always going to be tricky for 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 anything involving a prequel, because like you said, well, you know what's going to happen to these guys, mm-hmm. and you're kind of restricted in what directions you can go. So, yeah, particularly with Spock. Yeah, and they've they've because... tried to push so much more into his backstory this last season that I think it's been a detriment. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, we, we maybe when we do the season wrap up, we can get more into Spock. Mm-hmm. And whether him even being there was really added anything to this, but we still have one more episode, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Spock may be a very key player, so we shall see. But it does feel like he's been kind of pushed to the side a bit. Yeah, well, you got to kind of get rid of him because he can't hang around. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. And like we were saying earlier, he's he's supposed to go on this trip with Burnham, but we know he's not going. Yeah. Right. So well, and also like. like you know, he and Burnham are both these super smart scientists, so you don't need more of them. You know what I mean? Like they right. already have a role. Mm-hmm. Like, so, mm-hmm. like they're both the, like the smart science officers. Sure. Who, right. You know, it's like yeah, we all right. Well, you just don't need it. And so. So. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'd be kind of surprised if we don't at least in some sort of small way see Christopher Pike again. I'd be very surprised. I don't know. This seems to be such a you know this they've had a since since uh, this new regime has come into place they've had a hard time really I think getting the fans worked up about anything in particular as as a large group I mean that that's not to say that Discovery doesn't have its fans and it does obviously but Pike seems to have really caught on in a larger sense yeah mm-hmm. so I feel like if they see that they're gonna want to do something with that so like I said it probably maybe will not be a, a, an ongoing series but. Maybe you'll get a nice, you know, two, three, four hour adventure of Christopher Pike in the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. Well, speaking of other fan favorites, not as big of a role to play, but definitely um, a beloved minor character. Jet Reno is in this yep. episode again. It's, it's always whenever I see her, I'm like, oh, I'm so pleased. Um, and so she she Me comes too. in and helps, uh, you know, figure out how to power up this time crystal um, and is working with. 
Tilly and Stamets, right? The three of them. Yep. Yep. And they're saying and Poe. And Poe, and they're saying, oh, "Oh, like this crystal isn't charging as quickly as we thought it was going to be charging. What are we going to do?" And they're like, "Well, we could take it out of this cage." And they're like, "No, we can't take it out of the cage that it's in because it's it's protecting us so that you know we don't go crazy from seeing the future and make our heads explode." And they're like, "Oh, well, we could try this other thing. Nothing. They can't figure out anything that can work." And she's like, "All right, you guys get out of here. I'm going to take the cage off it. Basically, I'm going to take one for mm-hmm. the team." Mm-hmm. And they're like. You know, they they almost go to stop her, but they kind of all realize, I think, that, that there is really no other option. Somebody has to yeah. do it. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm going to do it. This is, it's going to be fine. You guys get out of here. And so they they leave and she opens up its cage and lets it start charging a little faster. Um, and then she gets a glimpse of that, of the future. I think it, was it, was it the same clips that Michael had same. seen? Same. Yeah, mm-hmm. the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, which is interesting because at the beginning, they kind of give you the impression that because Michael made a different choice for them to take a different course of action, that maybe she steered them away from that fate. But she hasn't yet. Yeah. Right. right. She's still, Reno is still seeing this as a possible future, I guess. I guess, yeah. So, I don't think anything's going to happen to her. I think she's going to go through this and she's going to walk out of there and be like, yeah, it was no yeah. big deal. <laughs> I hope so. I hope they don't, like, kill her off. That's not smart. Yeah, they really she's, need... she's another one of those new characters that everybody kind of took a shine to. Yeah, so, if they're smart, I mean, they leave her Tignataro to come back. Unless Tignataro doesn't want to be bothered. Yeah, I really yeah. hope that they at least leave her as, you know, a possible yeah. guest star for the next season. Yeah, leave the like, door she, open. She can yeah. still be around on the disco somewhere, you know. Yep. Well, not if she decides not to go into the future. Well, but she's part of that group. She stepped yeah, forward. Yeah, she, she's on the mm. disco. Right. She was part. Yeah, of the she was group. part of that group that was in the car. Okay, yeah. right, great, good. Then yeah, I hope they don't kill her off. I could see. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, I could yeah. see them doing it because again, just to say like they're not gonna maybe be able to book Tig again. But yeah, just like leave the door open so she could come back if she wants to. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it would be it would totally be in character for her that she would just kind of <laughs> deal with these visions and be like, ah, oh, that's all it was. Yeah, no totally. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. For sure. So. So. So we'll see where that goes. And that's just about the end of the episode. At this point, like time is up. Yep. Section thirty-one ships appear, and all hell starts to break loose. Yep. Yes, indeed. And this is where they've left us very well. Like, like Brian, like you said it so nicely. Like put everyone is, uh, you know, where they need to be on the stage. Set the yep. stage for next. It's really, this was moving characters around and moving the plot mm-hmm. around to get us to this point where we can now launch off right. and do the final hour of, of this season. Right. Right. This episode is actually kind of hard to review because it's the first part of a two-parter, so you can't really, it, you know, you can't really completely analyze it without seeing the second part. So, but, but that gives us a great opportunity to make some predictions about what's going to happen mm-hmm. next. All right. Let's do that, shall we? I think we? we should. I think it's time. Okay. It's, it's time. time. It's, it's time to talk about the timeline. All right. Well, I mean. So I guess. I think. Should we start with like what we know is going to happen from this sure. point? So, I mean, it's. And go ahead. Feel free to stop me. And, you know, if, if I'm. If I'm delving too much into like into what you guys want to say but just to set things up you know we know so michael is getting in her her red angel suit and she's going to pull herself and the discovery 
and the cast of season three into the future, <laughs> right? Presumably 950 years in the future, I suppose. Well, right. That that's, that's the, the goal. That's the, that's the that's the goal. Let's say that's yeah. the goal. I don't. Mm-hmm. My guess is that's not quite how it goes, but yes. sure. But the the idea is to pull them into the future far enough that um, this AI control cannot find them and cannot become fully sentient yeah. and destroy all sentient yeah. life in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So we know, and we know that it's a one way trip, and we know that they've right. said their goodbyes. They've made this. They're not going to pull a switcheroo on us and say this isn't happening. They are. Going to season three is going to take place in a different time, mm-hmm. presumably several hundred years in the future. Yeah, and so it seems like, and of course, as Matt, as you mentioned, Calypso, um, the short trek Calypso, besides the Harry Mud one, is the only one that hasn't had this sort of tangible tie in for sure. But it seems very much like, and I feel like the fact that Poe was in this episode kind of hints at that as well. The fact that, like, the short tracks are all part of this universe and they're all important. You know, Calypso was set way far in the future on the Discovery with, like you mentioned, Brian, with this AI that was the sentient AI, but it was friendly, luckily, Mm -hmm. that was sort of controlling the ship and there were no crew aboard. So the idea is how it and the Discovery looked not that much more advanced than it has been in the show. So it's like, well, how did we get the Discovery away into the future? You know, how did all this happen? And so this is really actually making that make sense and sort of solidifying Mm -hmm. this they have to they're jumping into the future that's what they're doing right now Mm -hmm. yep yeah now i I guess the question becomes they said that obviously that they are going to answer a lot of the show's mysteries spore drive being one thing obviously you know these things that are in this show that do not fit in with the rest of the canonical star trek Mm -hmm. franchise right so this and you know, yeah the the spore drive why we'd never heard of Michael, um, various of the war with the Cleon Empire like a bunch of things like that lots of things that that are key elements of Star Trek Discovery which do not appear, show up anywhere else in the franchise. Um, so the question becomes: Does the jump also come with a reset button, or is it just them disappearing and the disappearance is enough to kind of adjust things so that the rest of the prime timeline goes on like it always has or or is burnham and the discovery and everything about it going to be removed from the prime timeline right essentially a total retcon a total retcon of of star trek discovery i have a hard time believing that they would really do that because it's a big like screw you to all the work that they just did for two seasons you know it does seem like it doesn't Yeah. yeah And also, you know, they 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 did they just spent especially the second season trying really hard to actually tie it together to the stuff we already know, you know? Like they did a good job yeah. with that. So it seems a little I don't know. Crazy I, don't, to me. I don't know that I feel like that's a big screw you because they've spent this to these two years setting up the characters that we're going to continue following. So it's not like everything that happens is irrelevant. It's not it was all a dream. It's different. And it's no, no, no. This is more of a people who are on board with Discovery since season one didn't mind the changes, didn't care. They were on board for yeah. whatever. Now it's like, oh, psych, like, whatever. We just have to start over because everyone else says so. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know what, though? It does feel like that's what they're going to do, though, because it's like 
the whole thing where they showed Burnham nearly getting killed when she was on the forge on Vulcan. Yep. Like that, you don't show that unless it's important. Yeah, because if the Red like, Angel feels, doesn't appear, she doesn't get right, saved. Right. If Mom doesn't step in, Michael maybe dies right there, and the Prime timeline does uh, things that like it feels like Burnham is the point of deviation, and that and that's why Control is so fixated on her. Right. I think so. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Is because she doesn't because she doesn't belong there, and it knows that. And it can't predict her because she's, like I said, like I just said, she's just not supposed to be there. So, it, I I do think it's a rather extreme thing for the show to do, <laughs> because as Matt just said, like it, it it does kind of, kind of give a screw you to the people who have really supported and defended the show over its first two years of existence. Yeah, it'll be interesting because if this is if that's what happens, but it does feel like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it has to happen well i i hope it does i think it sounds great watching them move closer to that possible eventuality is just making me very very pleased because like especially looking at it from the both sides not only in universe but also real life so you know imagine you're right now handed this show and you're set you're a member of the writer's room you're in charge of the writer's room you're in charge of the show whatever you want it to be and you look back at the the what's happened over the last two years, and you're supposed to work with this show. And like we've we've talked mm-hmm. about so yeah. many times in this podcast, even today, you know, this started with Fuller and his people, and then it morphed into other people and other people and other people, and people have constantly been changing. The story has constantly been pivoting to fit the new. Uh, the new vision of the new leader slash cobble together things from new writers that are coming on and old writers that are leaving. So there's, it's been quite a mess behind the scenes. And so pulling together this cohesive story has been also a messy process. And so now you're given this thing Mm -hmm. that has to fit into the Star Trek universe in a very specific time window within Canon, where we know what happens in this time window in large, we know what happens Mm -hmm. on either side of it in large part. And so it's already got that constraint going for it. And you have to fit in with all of these wacky things that don't quite fit into canon. You have to figure out, do we fully retcon them? You have to treat each one of these issues, the spore drive, the holograms, the XYZ, to treat all of these things individually and kind of dance on eggshells around them. If they do the hard reset button, I don't think it undermines <laughs> what they've done in the last two years because I think the people who really enjoy the show... Um, and there are a lot of things I really enjoy about it, like a lot of the characters and all of that, I think, can be carried forward into into oh, a sure. place where um, those fans are still happy because they still have that same show. But you're also making um, other fans who had issues with the with inconsistencies in canon, you're making those fans happy. So at, at least if this were my decision, that's what I would choose to do this based on I would say I think this is going to make more people happy. And and it gives us a clean, a truly clean slate to make our own show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that, that right. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think they weighed the fact that there are probably a lot more fans unhappy than there are happy. And that's why they decided to do this. And But I also agree that them moving themselves way the hell out of the time period will finally make this job probably pleasurable <laughs> for the writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It, it's got to be a nightmare trying to get all the, to fit all this crap together. Now, 
They'll be in an area of Star Trek's history we know nothing yep. about. Uh, they can go explore. Hopefully, we they can will. explore strange new worlds um, and meet new life I and new so. civilizations. New civilizations, and it will just give the show a premise because <laughs> Star Trek Discovery has not had a premise. Well, I agree. it hasn't. It hasn't had a premise up till now. Maybe now for the third season, it will finally have a sense of purpose that is unique to Star Trek Discovery, and and not be part of something else. And it's kind of nice that, you know. You know, if you look at a lot of shows, including, say, Star Trek The Next Generation, it took them to the third season to, you know, quote unquote, grow the beard. Right. And so to find their mm-hmm. strike took them two seasons and it's taken discovery. You know, if this if it's assuming that things go really well next season, that will have taken them two full seasons to get to that point. And so maybe having this clean slate at this moment is a good point in which to do that story wise. Because sure. you have mm-hmm. a, enough, of course, there's a lot of turmoil behind the scenes, but still there's enough consistency with people that everyone's sort of getting their sea legs a little bit and figuring out what this show is about and who these characters are. Yeah, it, it's definitely worth taking a shot. There's no question. I don't think continuing to stay where they were was sustainable. I agree. Right, right. They were just going to keep running. They were just going to keep butting their heads against things. It just... It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Go tell some. Go tell. Go tell some compelling stories, and not have to worry about how it fits. Yeah, in. I know. It's like watching this episode. Honestly, was like I was so happy. I was like relieved at the end. I felt like a weight has been lifted because I'm. I'm really thinking they're going to do this and they're going to move away and they're going to start their own thing. And it's just like I don't. <laughs> it's so much energy to watch them like struggling to fit into this universe and i want this to, to succeed and there's clearly good people working on this and i really want this show to be great and i feel like it's getting a chance to really be something outstanding maybe yeah i mean next season will do or die for the show oh, that, oh for sure yeah next no season is everything yeah. for the yeah no pressure guys but pressure yeah no but it is i yeah, mean that's no, that's no it. question yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it um, has to it has to hit it has to hit it hit yeah, the ground it's running be a home run. and be whatever it be, become whatever it's going to be if it wants to go beyond a third year so the part that's interesting to me though is we have a problem here sort of which is like no matter how they sort of do the reset whether it's more more fully or just they disappear and people kind of write it off like either way they have this problem which is they've said that michelle Yeoh is supposed to be in season three which means like are they how are they going to check back with section 31 that's still happening in the 23rd century like what are they going to do they're going to go hop back and forth now between two different storylines like for reels one is in the wherever they you know far future wherever they end up and then oh yeah well, we have to go keep checking on tyler and Giorgio, like cleaning up the mess of section 31 you know i don't understand how that's gonna work maybe they can reds yeah. red angel suit their way to section 31 for like a minute and then they get pulled back I mean, that'd be stupid, but maybe they would do that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's certainly a logistical challenge, so, isn't it? I mean, yeah. they've said she's going to be in it, but do we know for sure? No, but I mean, they made a big deal out of it and signed her up for it. So I, I assume no, they will no. use her because they want to... Do you mean the show, Kayla, or the, the, section, or the season, season three? three? Season three. Hmm. I mean, I guess they could have her in like recordings... You know, like she's has there's yeah. a recorded message that was saved into the ship or something like that. That's a you know if they have she was contractually obligated to be there and they didn't know how to fit her in. Well, I mean, and of course they keep 
they keep trying to use this to set up the Section 31 like spinoff itself. Yeah. Which isn't supposed to, if they do greenlight it, it's not supposed to go into production until after season three of Discovery, of course. So they they have to like keep this little flame alive, you know? They have to keep this little like light of like, oh, remember, <laughs> remember, remember Section 31? Like they have to keep that going. Yeah. They could do flashbacks. Section 31 is a show is like at least two years away. Yeah. So if it, if it ever happens. I don't know. If, if, it, ever if it happens, happens right, yeah. Yeah. So here's a here's a big question on on my end that I think is a big unknown for me. So you know, if they do this hard reset button, there's going to be a lot of discussion about what it exactly means, and they're going to need to be clear because there's a lot of confusion with people with the different universes. So we know this is Prime Universe. They've said time and time again mm-hmm. we're in the Prime Universe. Yep. Yep. So correct. So in the sort of Trek world, right, we have the Prime Universe, we have the Kelvinverse, which is the J.J. Abrams movies, and then we have other universes, which sort of are like not quite, so like the Kelvinverse and the Prime are like two completely parallel separate things um, with one clear point, and then they're very like separated. But there are other right. little deviations from the Prime Universe, like... Oh, yeah, lots the, of little splinters that have Right, happened. like the Mirror Universe, um, the mm. like Yesterday's Enterprise... Mirror, yeah. you know universe so th- those are just as parallel as kelvin but they're sort of seen as 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 branches of prime rather than completely separate like right. the kelvin so so Correct. i guess like one route that they could take is to say um you know so brian you mentioned this idea where you know if michael is, is never saved and never goes th- that makes a lot of sense because it, it allows you to to quote unquote retcon basically the entire series of discovery by saying um in a universe in which she's saved which isn't isn't quote-unquote supposed to happen um she's the one who goes on to you know make the this Klingon war start the way that it did um because the war started the way that it did they the federation decided to develop the spore technology and so they made these uh, these spore drives that wouldn't have otherwise gotten made so you know all these little things right. you can wrap up in that yeah. one event yeah. it fixes all it, it's that. butterfly it's the butterfly effect yeah. right it fixes all of that. it fixes all of that so it gives you this one clean reset button and it allows you to say now we're we're always in prime like we said we're always in the prime universe this is like a yesterday's mm-hmm. enterprise kind of a deal where we're like right. a little it's exactly shoot. like that yeah, I mean, yeah. so so my guess is even kind of like a yesterday's Enterprise thing. I have a feeling like maybe the end once Burnham goes through the wormhole is it cuts back to the bridge of the Enterprise, and you know there's some kind of dissolve wipe whatever, and everything is like back the way you would expect it. Pike is there, Spock in uniform is there. You know what I mean? Like you get exactly what you would expect to see, and they just kind of go, "Huh, what the hell was that anomaly? Right. That's weird." Right. And then they go on their way. Right. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right, the Enterprise goes on to its next mission. I would right, love exactly. That. I have a feeling and that that could very well be what happens. I have a feeling happens. that's what we'll see, but we'll we'll find <laughs> out. That, like I don't. Know. I wonder too if like would that be enough of a reason for them to build this entire Enterprise bridge set, and then they could even redress it for that wipe, right? So you go back and it looks even more TOSy. I doubt that. I think all that would happen yeah, is, I, is they'd be at red oh. alert from a battle, and then it would and then it would go to like <laughs> I, fully lit, you know fully lit like still super glossy floors yeah oh yeah they they love that and then yeah i don't think that yeah i don't think they love that aesthetic that's just what it is they just like it it's it's not gonna change sadly (laughs) here's hoping (laughs) yeah Um, i would love that i think it'd be great 
And I think Matt, you said it best. I mean, it doesn't mean that Michael will completely disappear. I, I think like she becomes a footnote. She, yeah, yeah, she'll be a footnote. She'll maybe be this this human that lived with Sark that Spocker remembers living with them for like maybe six months and then wandered out into the forge and got killed. Tragic accident. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Spock will remember about her because he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it doesn't matter anyway. He doesn't really talk about his personal life anyway. So like, whatever. Right. Right. And she would be a minor footnote <laughs> She did this in his total footnote. Yep. Exactly. He would never, yeah. yeah. She'd never be his so. sister. It would be this kid who lived with them for a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we'll see. I mean, it, it's, it, all the pieces are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, just a matter of how severely they, they decide exactly. to. Right, just, just weak things. Right, just how far do they go? I don't know. Do they play the full-on Trump yeah. card and do the full reset? Yeah, it's the question. Yeah, I mean, it it would be the culmination of a whole season of repair work. Yeah, right. I think exactly. I mean, they they've been doing everything they within reason. They've done what they can to fix what probably some of them didn't care for, and certainly what a lot of fans didn't care for. So, yeah. So in order to give themselves a fighting chance, this may to really give themselves a fighting chance to succeed, maybe this is the way it has to yeah, be. Yeah, it's like like you said, season three is do or die for them. And you know, if I'm yeah, them, yeah, I think so. I'm thinking I'm going to give us the best possible chance to succeed or fail on our own merits, and we're going to do this yep, the way we yep. think is the right way to do it. You know, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it yep. right, and we're just yep. gonna we're just gonna. And if yeah. it works, it works, and if it doesn't, we will have given it our best. Right, effort. and we will right. not, and we will have released these sort of shackles of burden of being stuck in this very mm-hmm. specific time period and being stuck with this very specific uh, lead up, like certain events that have sort of boxed us, boxed us in because of canon. So yep. with those free, they're just. I think they stand such a better chance of making a really fantastic show next season. I agree. So, are there any other sort of okay. um, predictions that? you guys might want to make regarding what's going to happen next episode we've covered a lot of the important things i think i was just wondering if you had any other little things uh no i can't think of anything right now yeah the small little things like we don't know who the discovery's captain's going to ultimately be Mm. yes and they they acutely dodged that didn't they yeah they totally did so who knows we could we can play with that in some other episode something tells me that'll be something that'll be worthy of discussion during the hiatus Ooh, totally Yes. You know? Yes. So. I think so. So we'll save that for that. I guess I one last little thing that that I'll say that was on my mind um, <clears throat> is this mm-hmm. thing about the um, the holograms that were used. Oh yes. Oh god. Yeah, no. and so that was a problem from like episode one where they're all using these holograms. And everyone's like, uh, they don't have this technology. Why do we never see this in TOS? And it doesn't appear until like. Or TNG. Well, it appears at like the very beginning, that one episode of TNG, that weird like season one or two episode where Riker's like watching some ladies dance or something. Like yeah, that. they play they play around with it both oh, yeah. in season one so, or two. So they play around like, with it, but, yeah, but, then but then not kinda, the way, yeah, not yeah. the way that we see it here. And it's clearly not, no. taken, did not no. have this in Kirk's era. So everyone's like, what's the deal with this? And they've made a big deal. The writers have made a big deal to hang a lantern on those holograms and why they're yes. and how they're retconning them this season. So there's been this whole story arc where Pike hates the holograms, and and the and then the holograms were causing all of this, this these problems with the the Enterprise, and so they had to remove the right. holograms because they just wouldn't mesh with their systems. And then, so there's this whole thing they kept mentioning it, and then this episode. I think it's number one says, oh, there yep. won't be any more holograms ever again. 
And I feel like the holograms have become the writers sort of almost breaking the fourth wall. And like, that's like their term for the ways that canon has, the ways that like we've been inconsistent with canon. And to me, like having the number one say that was almost like the writers like turning to the camera and looking down the lens and being like, we're not, you're not going to have to be worrying about these canon inconsistencies ever again. (laughs) (laughs) So that was making me think even more about that, that they might do this reset. It's like, I felt like that was like a nod of like, this is what we're doing. We're fixing it. It might, it might be. I, I, I personally felt when they did this at the beginning of the season that they shouldn't have bothered just don't use it anymore. Don't draw attention to it. Just just drop just it. Just drop it. Right. I, I liked that it... Yeah, I, I felt like they didn't need to do... I didn't feel like they needed to do that because in, in reality, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, I... For a ship that advanced to all of a sudden have trouble with its holograms and rip all the <laughs> systems out. But, you know, like it, I don't know. It made no sense to me. Like It's like, you uh, want, it, it, it shouldn't have been there to begin with. Just forget I don't about know. it. Honestly, I felt like it, it, it told me that the writers were self-aware of the problem. And that they were working to actively oh, fix oh, it. They are, they are aware of everything, <laughs> whether they'll openly admit it or not. Yeah. They are aware. I, of I of like it. that. For it, it almost felt like it became this little, it, like, like I said, the writers, like, it's like it felt like we could speak to each other whenever they mentioned the holograms. Nod, nod. Yeah, it's wink, like, wink. hey, we'll, we're going to take care of those holograms. You just sit tight. Gonna... Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 you may be right. You may be right. <laughs> Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's what I got from it, and I liked it. No, 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 no. You may be totally spot on. So, so, all right. Do we have anything else, gang? That's it for me. No, that's it until we see this big finale. Yes, uh, episode fourteen, the big finale, is coming up this week. Such Sweet Sorrow Part 2, written by the same group, Michelle Paradise, Jenny Lumet, and Alex Kurtzman. And I believe uh, Olatunde is directing this one as well. Yeah, I mean, I think... It was basically, it was all shot at the same time. <clears throat> yeah, they shot so, it like like a, like a two-hour movie kind of thing. They just right, shot it. and then just broke it up. Yeah. Right, yeah. okay. So, we'll be seeing that this week, and obviously there'll be much to talk about. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, as of right now, we're, getting, we're planning, I think, to do the same thing we did last year. Where we will cover the finale, and then the following week we'll do a big wrap up, yeah, a season overview slash wrap up. We should, and yeah. then that will be the that will be the end of our disco podcast until Discovery's third season. Uh, which, of course, yes, that will not be the end of the Shuttlepod podcast. We will simply return to our regularly scheduled programming, regularly scheduled program of every yes, every yes, other indeed. week, chatting about you know what, whatever we feel like related to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk for four hours about the Enterprise. <laughs> we'll have to hand out prizes for people who manage to get <laughs> That's to the right. We'll put oh, like goodness. secret codes in. Be like, if you listen to this time mark, the secret code is yeah. cookies. <laughs> Tweet hashtag cookies for your prize. <laughs> you know what? This may not be a bad idea. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, all right, but we once again we digress. Um, anyway. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all next week. See you next week, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.